Hi everyone, welcome back to Rollin' with the Winners, episode 9. Sorry it has been a few weeks here since I posted an episode. Life has just gotten in the way a little bit here. Things have been crazy, uh, and I also like to take on 700 different projects at once because I am psycho. But don't worry, I have not forgotten about you all. Um, I also have a little cold right now that I definitely caught from the city of Chicago, I was there this past weekend, probably got it from all those Cubs fans. Just kidding. I actually love Chicago. Uh, Great city. I feel like I really relate to the people there a lot um, because, you know, it's a big city with a lot to do, but still nice, classic Midwestern people. Um, And that's, you know, that's actually kind of how I felt about Chicago during the 2016 World Series with the Indians and the Cubs. Obviously, both of those teams at the time had the two longest droughts without a win in the World Series, so we kind of understood each other, and I feel like respected each other in that, Um, and I I felt a lot of respect from the Cubs fans at that time that they understood even when they won, the true Cubs fans had sympathy for us because they knew what it felt like. so I thought, always thought that was really cool. Um, both cities are super passionate about their sports. So like I said, definitely respect that. Um, but you guys should enjoy this moment where I am complimenting a sports franchise that is not Cleveland or Ohio State. This is a rare moment, so definitely take it in. Enjoy it. Um, so getting into the topics for today, I first want to talk about this uh, really interesting article I saw recently um, that kind of ties back to my topic for episode two um, that deals with whether or not college athletes should be paid. Um, California is actually looking to pass a bill where college athletes would be able to sign with agents and profit from endorsement deals. Um, they're argument uh, um, for the basis of this bill deals with the comparison to Olympic athletes and the fact that Olympic athletes are considered amateur athletes as well, but they can still earn money off of their talents. Um, One thing I do want to clarify is that this bill does not allow schools to directly pay athletes. It is strictly to earn money from the use of their name, image, or likeness through endorsement deals. Um, And if this passes, it won't start till 2023. Um, I think it's super interesting. Um, But based on the NCAA guidelines that currently exist, this could potentially result in California colleges uh, being excluded from the NCAA, which there are a lot of colleges uh, in the state of California. Uh, So I don't know how this would affect everything. It would definitely, I would think, change the type of talent that they can get. But at the same time, who doesn't want endorsement deals? So it could increase the talent they would get. I'm not really sure how that would play out, but I think it is fascinating and will be very interesting to see um, if it does pass how one state enacting a bill like this could affect the NCAA as a whole or if it has some sort of domino effect um, to other states to pass similar bills if they do have success in the results um, from passing it. So wanted to share that with you guys because I thought it was really interesting. Um, The next thing I want to talk about is OJ Simpson. Uh, He recently created a Twitter account, if you have not already seen that, um, and he posted a video of himself, which I'm going to read the quote in it to 
to you guys right now. He said, hey, Twitter world, this is yours truly. Coming soon to Twitter, you'll get to read my thoughts and opinions on just about everything. It should be a lot of fun. I've got a little, I've got a little getting even to do. Um, excuse me? I mean, hearing OJ Simpson say that he has some getting even to do is honestly the most terrifying thing ever. Uh, I can't remember if I've said this in an episode before, but I was actually born the day of the OJ verdict. So that's kind of cool, but also kind of freaky and weird. October 3rd, 1995. Don't forget it. Tell me happy birthday on that day. Um, But yeah, OJ made a Twitter, so keep an eye out. It'll be interesting to see uh, what type of things he will be exposing on there uh, or what type of trouble he's going to get himself into. Uh, it'll, it'll be wild to see. I didn't ever think we would be here, but here we are. So the next thing I want to talk about is actually Gary Woodland, who I'm sure most of you saw, won his first major at the U.S. Open. Super heartwarming Father's Day story. His parents were there. His father was super emotional. It was a really cool moment. Um, But to kind of back this up a little on why Gary winning is such a great story. So a couple months ago at TPC Scottsdale for the Waste Management Open, Gary had this sweet girl, Amy. Uh, She has Down syndrome and she played the 16th hole with him. Um, Amy was actually the number three player on her high school golf team and she played in college. Um, And the hole she played with Gary at this tournament is this famous par three hole and she totally nailed it. Um, I encourage you to look up the video for that. It was a super cool moment. Um, So then months later, after Gary won the U.S. Open, he FaceTimed Amy and she congratulated him and was so cute and excited. Uh, And this is just one of those moments that's bigger than sports. Uh, So it was it was super emotional to watch. Um, but anyways, my, my boy Brooks Kepka, you know, I love him. He played super well too, but just wasn't enough. Gary definitely earned this one. Um, so moving on, I want to talk about, uh, the comparison of men's and women's sports, since this has kind of come up for a few different reasons lately. Uh, One thing that kind of sparked my mind about this was a tweet that Miles Garrett sent out um, with a very strong opinion that there should be more equal pay in sports between men and women. Uh, He definitely acknowledged that yes, yes, viewership should have something to do with pay, um, but said it is disrespectful to women how things are right now. Women's teams don't get the same exposure. He mentioned that it doesn't matter who is playing, those who play at the highest level and exceptionally well should be represented um, and paid in return for that and that the gap is just way too substantial right now Uh, and I I definitely like that Miles Garrett tweeted about this because I don't always feel like enough male athletes speak on it occasionally there are commercials with male athletes supporting female athletes Uh, I know the NBA sometimes runs some commercials with that where Kyrie LeBron Steph you know all the big name athletes will be supporting the WNBA Uh, but I don't feel like male athletes always speak out on this enough on their own terms in general. Uh, Another thing that has made this come up recently was that uh, Serena Williams was the only woman to make the Forbes top 100 highest paid athletes list. Um, I believe last year there were no women. 
I think last year was the one where she was pregnant, so she wasn't uh, making, obviously, as much money since she wasn't playing. And then the year before that, I think she was on the list, but typically there are not women who make this list, uh, so it kind of sparks some conversation around this topic. Um, Also, the women's U.S. soccer team all the time really sparks this topic because they are historically dominant in the soccer world. They have had so much success um, and there is constant discussion surrounding their pay. Uh, My thoughts on all of this are very similar to the points Miles Garrett brought up. Uh, The gap is obviously too too large right now. Um, Yes, more people do watch men's sports and that That is definitely the reality of the situation, and I think everyone is aware of that, and nobody nobody is denying that, Um, and I I do respect that, but I I think what Miles is saying is frustrating is that you should be compensated for being the best at what you do and performing at such a high level, Um, and I feel like this conversation has been brought up my entire life I've heard about it um, and nothing's really ever done so I think there just needs to be some small steps taken to start closing the gap because it feels like we're just running in circles with the conversation uh, when things like this come up Uh, but yeah definitely thought Miles Garrett's tweet was interesting if you want the full content for it definitely go to his Twitter account um, and read it all out it was it was a pretty long chain about it Uh, So now I want to move on to the NBA draft, which obviously just happened. Uh, There are a couple important highlights and key takeaways that are definitely important from this. Um, Surprise, surprise, Zion was taken first by the Pelicans. Uh, the man, the Pels are really about to have a, a young team for the next few years because they're getting those first round picks from the AD trade. So they're really just going to have a substantial opportunity here to build something great, uh, especially if Zion ends up being as good as everyone thinks he's going to be. If he can, if he can live up to the hype, they, they have a bright future ahead. I think, um, what's really interesting is how many trades were in the draft, uh, of moving teams up and down. Everything is really confusing right now, too, with the AD trade since that has not technically gone through yet. I think July 6th, I want to say, is the date that that can go through. Um, the craziest was like the fourth pick, which was originally supposed to be the Lakers, but then is the Pelican, Pelicans, but was traded to the Hawks. So uh, there's just a lot of craziness going on right now, and I don't even know if I fully understand how it all works since nothing is official. Um, honestly, proud of the Knicks. They didn't mess up. They made a good pick with RJ Barrett from Duke. Unlike their neighbors, the New York Giants with a much worse Duke pick. If you didn't forget freaking Daniel Jones, I haven't forgot about it. The best thing on the internet about that still is, uh, they said Daniel Jones looks like the guy who would be cast to play Eli Manning in a movie about the Manning brothers. I've never heard anything more accurate. Uh, but yeah, definitely good job, Knicks. Better better Duke pick this time around. New York, really proud of you on that one. Uh, I'm a little iffy on the Cavs pick, Darius Garland, because um, I don't really like taking injury-ridden players. It, I just feel like it's counterproductive sometimes, but... I mean, obviously, he's a solid enough player to be taken that early, so I guess we'll see how it goes, but I wasn't super excited. Other than that, like I said, all the trading up and down was pretty crazy, but I never find that 
NBA draft too exciting. Um, there's just there's always more hype in my opinion for the NFL draft than there is for the NBA draft. Um, I did see somewhere actually that NFL rookies have the greatest impact in any fantasy sport for rookies. Um, so I want to assume that somehow probably translates to the actual game as well, that rookies in the NFL feel more impactful than the rookies in the NBA. I I usually feel like there's maybe anywhere between two and five maybe maximum NBA rookies that feel super dominant, but it just feels like there's always way more NFL rookies that seem to make a name for themselves early on in their career, in my opinion. But yeah, let me know if you disagree on this though, because I'm actually kind of curious now that I'm thinking about it and haven't done too much research on it, but it feels like that could be, there could be some correlation there um, to the excitement and the drafts based on just the production from rookies in their respective sports. Uh, on to the NBA offseason, since we're already talking about the NBA, the Ball family. Um, so if you haven't already heard about the Lakers trade, then you live under a rock. But Lonzo Ball was one of the pawns to get Anthony Davis and is now on the Pelicans. And in classic LeVar Ball fashion, he made a statement that the Lakers would regret the deal and never win a championship again. Uh, this is obviously an absurd statement to make like like I honestly don't even think he thinks he's serious when he says things like that um and I'm mad I'm even talking about it because I hate justifying his comments because I I hate giving him attention um I mean LeVar really did shut up when LeBron came to the Lakers most likely because LeBron's party said he needed to shut his mouth so now that Lonzo is no longer on the Lakers I guarantee you that we will be hearing much more from his father again so not really excited about that Um, but obviously I've already kind of mentioned the AD trade which isn't finalized until uh, July 6th but it's really it's really set in stone at this point I personally feel like the most crucial part of this trade is the fact that David Griffin is the freaking man. Like, I'm still upset that Dan Gilbert let that man get away because he truly makes the best out of every situation that has been thrown his way in the NBA. Uh, Everyone knew that Anthony Davis was leaving the Pelicans, but, you know, he managed to get so much out of that trade that it was actually incredible like they kind of own the Lakers now for the next few years. And, you know, I'm excited personally that the Brow is going to be playing with my boy Braun. But I, I really think the Pelicans killed this. So um, if you don't know what the trade consisted of, it was 80 to the Lakers. And the Pelicans have Lonzo, uh, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, um, as well as three first round draft picks, including the one from this year, which is really confusing. Um Honestly, that is a lot for a guy everyone already knew was leaving because it was going to happen anyways, and you feel like maybe they they would have gotten a little bit less out of that trade, but they got a substantial amount from it, so kudos to them. Um, I was in some ways shocked at how quickly the news of this happened. Um, I just really wasn't expecting to hear it so quickly, but they got it done, and now the other off-season pieces can fall into place. Uh, One of those being Kawhi Leonard, obviously. Finals MVP, one of the most talked about uh, candidates here in the off-season. 
I'm, I'm going to put it out there and say I think he's actually going to stay in Toronto. I really just have this feeling. Um, I know he wasn't 100% happy being there or at least has not shown that. Um, part of it, I think, is honestly just his personality. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't particularly show joy, but I think right now Toronto is, is a good option for him. Um, and I've seen a couple reports circulating that he is strongly considering staying. So I really wouldn't be surprised if, if he does end up staying in Toronto. Uh, another big talked about piece this offseason is obviously Kyrie, um, other wild card here. First of all, I want to remind everyone that at the beginning of this past season, Kyrie vowed that he was going to re-sign with the Celtics for the 2019-2020 season. And obviously in typical Kyrie fashion, he doesn't really always think before he speaks and now is most likely going to be leaving the Celtics this summer. Um, The typical teams that are in the debate on where he's going to go, the Knicks, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Lakers. Uh, I really just kind of am refusing to believe he's going to the Lakers because obviously that will upset me a lot considering they could have just stayed in Cleveland and continued to do like the exact same thing. Um, I don't really know if I see him vibing there. It, it was too much for him to have LeBron on his team before. Now he wants to do it again with the addition of the brow. And I don't, I don't know if I see that working out. Uh, what I do see working for him would be Brooklyn. Uh, you know, the Knicks are kind of a failure at everything they try to do. Uh, except uh, they did make a good draft pick. But they didn't get the first pick in the draft like they they kind of should have. I mean, I know it wasn't really in their control, but uh, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't really envision him going to the Knicks. I think he really fits well in Brooklyn. I could see him wanting to live there. Um, it's close to where he grew up in Jersey. Um, from what I've gathered, I feel like the Nets are a better option than the Knicks too, because they were already a playoff team last year. And I think Kyrie definitely needs a team that already has uh, some more stability and the uh, the ability to win. Uh, he has shown that he cannot do that and does not really want to do that. He doesn't want to do what LeBron does, which is take a couple scrubs to the finals. He he needs support, and he needs an already successful supporting cast around him uh, in order to feel comfortable and happy and have success in himself. Um, he, he needs playoff contenders at a minimum, which is the only reason I could see him potentially going to LA yes uh, earlier this year he obviously called LeBron and apologized to him for acting like a brat so that they could kind of clear the air um, and then obviously like I said the Lakers with the addition of Anthony Davis are going to be playoff contenders I think we can all guarantee that and uh, probably even finals contenders so that is going to be hard for Kyrie to say no to if he's willing to take some sort of pay cut um It's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out, but my bets are on Brooklyn, uh, the Brooklyn Nets for Kyrie Irving. Um, And lastly, for this week, uh, important things to know. When crushing brewskis in the Muni lot, uh, we are about a month out here from Brown's training camp in Berea, Ohio. I used to go to a bunch of those when growing up. We would get autographs from players. It was honestly a great experience because if you've never been to training camp, you should go. Uh, It's it's located in a neighborhood. So you literally 
park and then you walk through the neighborhood to get to the fields and families are on their driveways selling candy and pop and treats. It's so great. Such a suburban Ohio thing. Uh, I have just some really great childhood memories there though so I recommend going at least once in your life just to see it and get some cheap candy. Um, But I think something important to know is uh, about the Browns in general is about uh, OBJ's recent quote about the Giants. He said, I feel like I wasn't going to be able to reach my full potential there. Mentally, physically, spiritually, everything I felt capable of doing. I just couldn't see it happening there. So I think allowing me to be in an environment where I can be myself and give it a different approach, I feel like my football will benefit. I'm just excited about being able to play football again and not have to deal with all the other stuff and politics that came with my previous role. So I love that he already feels comfortable in Cleveland and and seems ready to go. A lot of people, including, as I've said before, Colin Coward, have been outspoken saying that OBJ doesn't like Cleveland. He doesn't want to be there. But at the end of the day, he is a winner and he wants to win football games. He felt he wasn't able to do that in New York. He wasn't appreciated. Uh, He wasn't given the opportunity to live out his career to his fullest potential and he feels that he's being given the opportunity in Cleveland so he's happy and I for one am excited about his excitement and his positive attitude Um, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how this attitude that he has embraced here translates to you know his play on the field come the fall so we will see how it goes. Uh, But that is all I have for you guys today. Um, If you could take a quick moment here and leave a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. Um, If you listen on Spotify, give me a follow. Uh, Sorry for my voice again. I'm really losing it here at the end, but made it through. Uh, I appreciate you guys and catch you next time.